What's happening, social media and um, everyone around the world. So um, welcome to episode 71. So um, we're going to talk about, continue our discussion on disruptive technology. And today we go talk about e-commerce. So um, how many of you in our audience have shopped <laughs> online during this pandemic? I think we all have, right? <laughs> I have. So um, let's talk a little about the e-commerce experience. Um, how much shopping do you guys do, Eldrick and Jeremy? For for me, it's it's my wife that does the shopping, not me. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, my wife does I mean, a lot oh. of uh, online shopping. I don't. I I buy food. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Put put it put it in context. Yeah. So e-commerce is not exactly new to me. Only only because uh. It was already very big when I was in China. Yeah, uh, you know, early two thousands. Uh, okay, maybe not not so much early two thousand tens or so, two o one o or so. So it was already very big in in China back then. You know, you can buy everything there, and we sort of we sort of adopted that habit and you know brought it back when we moved back to Singapore. So it's really you know not something new for us, like most people would think it is due to the pandemic. So yeah, just wanted to put that in context. Yeah, so just to be honest with you, I was kind of late to the game of e-commerce. Um, surprisingly, um, being a digital marketer, um, we help a lot of um, brands build e-commerce websites and transactions. And maybe because I build it, I know a lot of sites aren't secure as well. So I am very, <laughs> so I am very, um, like I don't believe in putting my. Um, credit card and stuff online because I'm afraid that, um, you know, people hijack my card. So for the longest time until COVID, I actually don't really shop online. My wife does. So, I mean, you know, but I, I am very careful. I have a separate credit card that I use for online shopping only. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm that's, just careful. That's, that's clever. That's clever. Yep. But um, yeah, I didn't start till the pandemic, and then um, you know I just shop for things I need. But um, I am not an avid um, e-commerce shopper. So except I only use Amazon because I trust Amazon. I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to e-commerce, so there's a lot of things that's happening, and through my research, right, 2021 mm. and 2022. Um, for example, um, private label luxury items. So, wow. um, Jeremy, you're the retail guy. So <laughs> I want to hear your opinion on private label luxury items. I heard like just through my research, people almost trust it more than almost big store brands um, in regards to quality. And um, it's starting to be a more popular thing, especially here in the U.S. There's a lot of private label um, websites they're starting to sell their own products so you you okay by private label you're talking about in-house labels mm -hmm. going direct direct to customers right yep so they don't go through a platform like amazon you know that kind of a thing right yes correct okay or, or uh, rather, rather mm. what i mean you, you are the you are the the point person of all of us here so yeah uh maybe maybe you can just share with us what is private label what is a private label and how does it work when it comes to the e-commerce space? I, my, my understanding, private labels would be what we call house brands, right? House brands, right? So it could be 
for a supermarket to speak, right? So Walmart could make their own detergents. They they put their own brand on it. So that's private label. They control the entire um, supply chain. Yeah. Uh, so they make competing private labels versus uh, existing brands and products. Did I get that right, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so whether it's in store or on the e-commerce plane, I think it's, it's, it's still the same thing. It's just a matter of the channel, uh, how uh, people reach or, or, or buy it. Yeah. So but it's online or offline. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think what probably is happening is that uh, it has to do with uh, pricing yeah, or value. Because I do think that private labels are positioned in such a way that it should be cheaper or in terms of value, better value. And I probably guess that that's what's driving uh, that uh, increased uh, uh, popularity in private labels because the entire economy is not doing very well. So um, people, I mean, detergent is detergent is detergent, right? So um, yeah, so I think uh, that's, that's probably what's driving it. And, and whether it's more done in store or done, um, what you call that, uh, online on e-commerce, I think that's also a matter of you know the pandemic limiting the options we get to to shop. Okay, so if we talk about uh, oh, Kevin, you mentioned uh, luxury private labels. Yep, luxury. Okay, no, no, lu luxury items would really be um, uh, uh, their their own brand, right? So when right. yeah, on the e-commerce platform means they go direct to customers. Yeah, like I mentioned. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't consider I wouldn't consider Nike shoes luxury la. Okay, yeah. but yeah, but, it is but the point. <laughs> but the point is this. The point is this. So, uh, I think I think the one of the big news, uh, uh you know, going around um, retail wise, is that um, Nike is stopping a lot of these franchises and they are going direct to customers. So, in a way, you can see that as you know, uh, I won't say private labeling, but you know, they're going direct to customer because it used to be they work with uh different partnerships. I think they still have a partnership with Foot Locker, um. They had worked with different franchises, but yep. because yeah, because they have set up their own website and they want more control over uh the communications with customer and all the good things, right? They can reach directly for personalization, customization. They have actually terminated a lot of these franchises and taken control back. So um, why is that in example important? Uh, it is actually because because now there is e-commerce, a lot of uh luxury brands now do have that option um to to go direct to customers mm. yeah and they want to do that because they can streamline the communications they can ensure the consistent in uh, consistency in uh, uh, uh branding and the experience uh and so you see the trend going there enabled by e-commerce of course that's on the uh retailer end yeah on the customer end uh because more and more people are going online due to the fact the pandemic accelerated it. Okay, we, we know that e-commerce has always been there for a long time now. Uh, it's just that um, the pandemic accelerated and brought people like Kevin, who never got online to do e-commerce shopping, to do it out of necessity. Yeah. yeah? Uh, but we also have to be we also have to be uh, uh, careful uh, when we talk about e-commerce. Right? What do people actually buy there? Yeah, because to me. Uh, I guess you guys will agree as well. Uh, in the past, in the past, 
most of us will go to turn to e-commerce to buy standardized items, things you know that don't change so much. For example, a computer mouse, mostly IT products and electronics. Yeah, you you will go and you will go and buy these things there because you know, you know it, it is more or less the same. Yeah, it's a standardized item. You don't need you do not need to touch and feel it. You know it will work. Yeah, because you you know how a mouse looks like a printer. You know things like that or an ink cartridge. Yeah, so you will go e-commerce to buy that. Now the change now is that because of the pandemic and the lockdowns, um, people are turning to e-commerce to buy what we call essential items. Yeah, your food stuff and your your sorry i keep going on this example of shampoo <laughs> your food stuff and your daily essentials <laughs> so so that could be also one reason why is uh you know driving a lot of people to 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 get um to get onto pri uh, private labels yeah uh answering your question kevin that's probably one driving factor and as i well. think it comes down to also convenience right if yes. i don't have to move and i'm at work and just happens i need to buy something really quick it comes straight to my door you know, yeah. Within yeah. and now their shipping is so amazing. You know, is within a day. You know, if the product's available. So yeah. Oh. So so let's let's look at um let's look at the reasons why people will go onto physical store, because you mentioned it's convenience, right? So right. if it is if it is that good, if it is that good, e-commerce will exist, will only grow, and there will be no physical stores. True, false, right? So, so based on I'm just I'm looking at um reports yeah so based on something that was pre-pandemic uh, this company called IHL uh they did they did I think this is pre-pandemic but I think it's still relevant today they put on the uh, top five reasons why people shop at stores versus online okay just to share so top reason yeah top reason 23 23 percent of the people top reason is they need it now okay. Uh, second reason, which is about 20% of the respondents, they want to touch and feel the item or they feel yeah. that they need the expertise. They need the expertise in store, which means they don't want to talk to someone uh, before they make the purchase. Okay. So about 14%, about 14%, this is the third reason, yeah? Top third reason. They don't want to pay the delivery fee. Okay. Don't want to pay the delivery fee, yeah? Uh, and then the last two reasons, which were 12% and 11%, uh, one is uh, they want to support local, as in the local store. Yep. Okay, so it's a very community thing, yeah. Um, invest back in the business, you know, growing community. And the last one actually is convenience, yeah. Uh eleven percent convenient. Okay. So let's look at then so all these reasons are people reasons why people will go to the physical store, which means to say the opposite of these reasons are why people want to shop online. True, false? <laughs> you don't need it now. Uh you don't need to touch and feel it. You you have an expert opinion of it. Uh, okay, I wouldn't say that you want to pay the delivery fee. I wouldn't say that you want to pay. <laughs> of course, nobody wants to pay. In fact, in fact, in fact, I think there was another separate study about uh, one third. Was it two thirds? I can't remember. Anyway, a very high percentage of people um, they cut on e-commerce. They get to cut the item, but they don't hit uh, purchase because of the delivery fee. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they don't want to pay the delivery fee. I can fee. see that. Correct. So I think that's a very basic consumer behavior. Huh? So point being is that um, there, there is still a bit of relevance. Uh, there is still relevance for physical stores existence. However, however, uh, I think it's sort of slightly eroding because you mentioned um, for e-commerce, convenience is a very high factor. And if you contrast that, if you contrast that with this survey, right, the top reason why people want to go physical store is they, they want it now. 
see where we're going. Yep. With with Amazon Prime, you can get what delivery within two hours. Yep, and no no shipping. Yeah. Okay. So see, so that has yeah. taken away two very important factors of why I want to go to a physical store. Pandemic, everything aside, yeah. All these aside, yeah. So what Amazon is essentially saying that oh, you want it now, we give it to you in two hours. So that eliminates the the reason why you need to go to the physical store because you can get it within two hours. If you go in your car and drive to, you know. I think Walmart is reachable with for ninety percent or more of the population in US within I think ten kilometers or something like that. I've seen yeah. a certain report like that. Yeah. So if you get in a car and drive and get there now, so you it, it might be under two hours or it might be more or but it's very close to two hours, for example. Yeah. And then you need to move around, pick your store, and then stand in queue and pay and all that stuff. Or maybe the stock might the item might not be, be in in stock. Yeah. Well, the truth is too. I feel like in America. Most of the items aren't available. Like I can find more stuff I'm looking for on Amazon, or because I can do a search query for exactly, for example, let's say Eldrick shirt. Mm. I can type in green polo mm. in my filter, and it'll pull up uh, two thousand green polos. You know, so for a guy, <laughs> I don't want to walk through. It's done. Yeah, and it's look done. for a green polo, and it might not fit me. Right. But Correct. on Amazon, I can query and go, oh, I need a medium-sized green polo, dry fit, Nike. So, <laughs> and I can drill down, you know? So Yeah, so so you see, the thing about e-commerce, and uh, let's say, just for example, say Amazon, uh, what they are what they are essentially trying to do is to reduce the reasons you would to go to a physical store. Put it this way, simply put, Amazon is great at convenience. Okay, that's what they're great at. And like you said as well, uh, the entire, uh, uh, what you call that, they have the entire spectrum of goods, yeah? Everything you need, everything you want, every size, you can purchase it. And then they've right? also, if you're price cautious, right? Now well. I can sit in one place, like example, if I go to multiple stores to shop for price, I have to drive to different stores. If I'm on uh, e-commerce, yeah. I can look at one place and go, ah, oh, this is the cheapest price for that same shirt, you know? Yes, so, yes. Yeah. So, so, so the, the point is Amazon is very good at, um, at, at delivering convenience. However, what it's not good at is the customer experience. We agree that, right? Um, so you don't get I don't an experience. I, I feel their experience is pretty good too. So uh, no, compared compared to a physical store, compared, compared to, okay, to I know that you're store. talking to someone who never left the house. <laughs> <laughs> so just for argument's sake, yeah, just for argument's sake, compared to a physical store, yes, I know there are a lot of physical stores experience sucks far worse okay. than you know I if I was shopping online. Compared to a physical store, regards to selling you something or asking about the product, yes, you know the physical mm. store's better, but return wise, mm. like. Amazon's got down to science. There's no question asked. They even let me keep my product. They're like, just keep it and then give you your money back. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's know? because that's because it's gonna cost more for them to yeah to, to retrieve it and send it back to you. Yep. Yeah. In in fact, there's one of the major cost components for uh, any e-commerce uh, merchant or platform, the returns part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because why? Because there's this. Um, especially in the US, right? Uh, no questions asked, full return, shipment, everything included, right? So yeah. so you have this policy, right? And, and yeah. guess what? 
you have and they come pick it up. Yeah, precisely. So it's it's really zero cost. It's so convenient for you. But but guess what? There are influencers who buy tons of things. Then they do all these haul videos. I I bought ten bikinis. And I'm trying on. I shoot the video. And after that, I return it. Okay, maybe bikini is a bad idea because hygiene factor and all that. Clothes. Yeah. Yep. Right. So so that there, there is this trend and there's this problem as well. So it's one of those uh costs that they have to factor in. But my point is this, right? The reason why, uh, apart from the pandemic, the reason why. Uh, e-commerce is uh, growing and will still be on a trajectory of growth is probably because of that convenience you got such so convenient and you can literally have it now two hours within two hours yeah right it's almost as as instant gratification as you can get right there's not going to be a shipment cost well depending on the merchant right uh and then uh, no questions asked you can return it's so convenient and you have the entire spectrum of goods you can compare and contrast and uh so so it has reduced all the reasons you would possibly have to go to a physical store, yeah. right? So now let's look at the physical store. Yeah. So what do you have there uh, for you? <laughs> really, is the experience. The food really court. is the experience. <laughs> <laughs> ah, food. Food is a very, very food is a very, 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 very important factor. The food court. Okay. Yeah. Food is a very important factor. Um, the experience. Uh, you know. The experience. Yeah. So so. <laughs> When we talk about when we talk about the shopping experience, yeah, when we talk about the shopping experience, uh, let's not talk about the store experience, yeah. Uh, we are very clear and very certain when we were all in lockdown mode, we wanted to go back to normal. We think about going to shopping mall, going to food court for food, sitting down and eating with friends, yeah. Even that's a restriction now in Singapore, with the vaccinated and non-vaccinated thingy. But that's not my point. The point is, the point is. When you talk about experience, right? Uh, the shopping experience is, is really more than just sitting behind a screen and clicking. Now that we are doing so much Zoom and this kind of call as well, right? You really don't want to be on the screen, in front of the screen so much. You want you crave that human interaction. So you want to go out there to the shopping mall because it's an entire day off. You you know, it's somewhere other than your house, free air conditioning, which is very relevant in Singapore, which is so hot. Yeah, and, and then uh, you can uh, see friends. Uh, so it's a social thing. Shopping has become a social thing. And the physical store does have the potential to beat uh, e-commerce on the experience side. Definitely, right? Because I always quote this example. There are a few things that the, that the, the web cannot replicate. Okay? When we talk about experience, you talk about the five senses, yeah? Five senses. Can, can Amazon deliver smell to you? If you want to buy an aromatherapy thing, you want to test and sample the smell. Can you do that via Amazon? You can't. You can't, right? And smell is a very important sense. I always talk about the smell thing. Um, apart from that, the, the the human experience, yeah, to talk to a shop assistant, right? Can Amazon oh, do really? that? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Can Amazon do that? Yes, chatbot. Chatbots. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how they are. I don't know. Do they even have live chat and that kind of thing? Or it's just all bots? I'm not sure. Haven't had the opportunity and chance to engage in that. But but the point is, is there is there is this uh, uh potential for physical stuff. I don't want to talk to people. You don't want to talk to people. That's why you. That, that it doesn't make sense. I don't it, want it doesn't make sense. E commerce. You should be very at home with e commerce, but you only just started. <laughs> you only just started. No, I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I I don't want to interact. But you know, when when I okay, there's a huge difference in the store experience in terms of the. So a store assistant uh, in shopping malls and shops in Singapore versus uh, US. Okay, the major difference being this. 
when I step into a store in US, all the store assistants are so friendly. They make sure they greet you. They oh, would you like assistance today? Even though I am like, no, no, get away from me. I, I don't need assistance. I'll, even I'm that kind of mode every time I go shopping, I, I will still want to react because it's just so enthusiastic. They smile and I, I, I feel bad if I don't react. You, you know what I mean? It's very welcoming. Okay, I, I can't say the same. I, I, I can't say. You, you are another or the, you prefer to mix with robots so I can't talk to you. <laughs> so, that's how I'm directing. I'm directing everything to Kevin. Yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah, so, so the robots. <laughs> So in, in, in Singapore, uh, yeah, most all assistants, they, they, there's, there, there isn't that enthusiasm. So, now, so I have in to terms say, of experience. I think in Asia, right? Because I've been mm. to Hong Kong. I've been to like Asia. Uh, Hong Kong is different. Yeah. Hong Kong is different. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. I think Asia focuses more on customer service experience versus the U.S. Only if you go mm. to luxury brands. It depends, right? Like... Well, now I'm talking strictly retail, mm -hmm. okay? Not mm -hmm. like, like America's real strong in like your Starbucks experience, like restaurant, that type of thing. But clothes, mm -hmm. like the mall is kind of, to me, is dying in the U.S. culture. Like no one works at the mall and the only people that work at the mall are kids, right? And then the mm -hmm. kids are not very focused on you. They don't care, you know? Oh, you almost have to beg them to help me. Like, hey, I want to buy shoes. I'm looking out for a size eight and a half, you know. <laughs> Please help. And they're talking to their girlfriend or the cute girl, you know. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'm a buyer. I have money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, a different experience. But when I was in, like, Hong Kong, like, as soon as I walk in, doesn't matter if it's a luxury brand, regular brand. Like they're beelining towards me <laughs> to because sell they're, they're me. Because they're desperate for sales, they are commission based. When but your kids in those stores are just on uh, uh, hourly wage. Yeah, so <laughs> it's fair. So you, when you're talking about shopping experience in in person, I would say the U.S. experience isn't the greatest. You know, like I I mean I can walk into a Nike store, and probably for the first thirty minutes, no one knows I'm even there, and then I walk back out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, well, it's very similar to Amazon. I mean, yeah. only if I buy I something and I go check out, no one cares about me. No one's asking me what I need. But yeah, <laughs> but we but we do agree. But we do agree. Mm -hmm. If done right, there's a huge potential. Yes, uh, there is a huge potential. Customer service for physical stores versus e-commerce, right? Yep. So yeah, I'm so gonna the, throw go a branch at you, okay? So no. with my research too, um, are you familiar with shoppable TV? Wow. So this is supposed to be very popular starting in potentially 2022. Um, so Shop. hmm. shoppable TV because you have all these smart TVs, right? So yeah. it's like it's supposed to bring back, um, help television make a comeback. So technically if, um, Tom, well, I shouldn't give Tom Cruise because he's going to be old. But he's during my time. I know time Tom Cruise, okay? <laughs> so example, if he wears a T-shirt or whatever, they're saying that eventually you can, through your smart TV, you can select what that character, like that actor's wearing, and you can buy right, uh -huh. right away. It'll be connected to Amazon or 
So they're already working on this where you can watch television and you can start shopping, like interact with whatever they're wearing or they're holding up or whatever. So, right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe relevant for uh, us, but I do think that in Asia, uh, the, the more, more purchases are done on the mobile phone. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a TV. It's a mobile phone. Well, Whatever that's what they're saying. Somehow it's actually connected to your phone, to the store. So you, you can, what you see on television, you can interact and purchase it. So, yeah, it's, it's the same. It's just, I mean, my point is, uh, it's just a different uh, vehicle, right? It's a TV, yep, it's a mobile different phone. Vehicle. So, social commerce is already doing that, right? You see an Instagram, full, uh, Instagram influencer on TikTok, and yep. there's a link to the hat they wear, the shoe they're wearing directly to the merchant that's selling it. So it's nothing new. It's nothing new except it's on television, which which is a question mark to me because most people are on mobile devices now. There's more e-commerce on mobile devices than on TV, unless uh, unless because we are working from home, we are watching the TV more or skiving, watching the TV during what hours. Uh, I I I just think it sounds gimmicky, or rather, it's on the wrong device because the trend is mobile, especially yeah. in 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 this part of the world, Asia. Yep. Yeah. The, the trend is moving mobile. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I probably have a number there somewhere in the statistics. <laughs> I need to dig it up. I need to dig it up. Yeah. Did, so, did that answer your question? Yeah. So where do you stand? Where do you stand on it, uh, Jeremy? Are you, uh, if, if you have to pick one, although although it's not it's not practical too. Yeah. But, if you, uh, you know, what what what's your what's your personal that, preference when it comes to. Like, thanks for thanks for that call out so I can do a bit of a shameless plug. Yeah. So if you see my oh, LinkedIn profile or my summary, uh, I envision that it has to be a blend of both. It has to be a blend of both. Yeah. Um, because no one, no online or offline does uh, well perfectly in all aspects. Mm. It's complementary. It's complementary. Yeah. And the popular saying from all the retail gurus is that. Uh, it is not online channel or offline channel. The channel is the customer. The customer determines the channel. So back to old school marketing, right? Be where the customer is. So if it's on Instagram, you need to reach them on Instagram. If they're on television, you need to find a way to reach them on TV. Yeah. Um, if they still go for your catalogs, yeah, look for them on the catalogs. Although that's obviously dying. Um, so oh, where, what do you mean by catalogs? Do you mean like there's something catalog sales? Something catalog to, sales to flip. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that, yeah, you see, before there was social media and uh, whatever you have, right? It, it is a lot of these are catalog sales. I don't know what 70s, like Sears made Sears in the US, yeah, they, they literally built the empire with yeah, catalog sales, right? So that was huge, right? So if you if you take that and look at it as a medium and a form of a uh, 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 different format, huh? It, it, it's just a shift, it's just a shift of the, 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 the medium instead of a book, now it's an Amazon site. It's essentially a catalog of products you can buy, right? So, sure. so yeah. To answer your question, yeah. To answer your question, uh, what's my what's my preference? It depends on, um, a few factors. Yeah. Uh, what is the item that I'm purchasing? Whether can I wait? And uh, usually can I wait or not depends on the price as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so How, what, I think. What's that gonna do with the price? <laughs> okay. Very simple. Very simple. Uh, uh, let me let me make a connection later. So, uh, what I need, what I need to buy, uh, is important because if it is something that, uh, that I need it fresh, then maybe online is not the best option. I'm talking about, you know, groceries, um, food.
that kind of a thing. But there's a shift, of course, due to the pandemic. Um, so what I need to buy, uh, also as we talked earlier, if I know what it is, I've done enough research to buy, say, a computer monitor. I know what to expect. I know the reviews. Uh, I'll just put an order and then get the thing shipped to me. Yeah. But sometimes I don't want to do that. I Even though I know a computer monitor is a computer monitor, I might still want to see it in the store, you know, there's a picture and, and things like that. So what I want to buy plays an important role. So let me address the timing and the cost uh, together. I'm very used, or rather my household, my wife very used to uh, Taobao, Alibaba, yeah? Because super cheap, you can get anything anywhere, right? Um, and um, and uh, it, it will be safe to say when I was still in China, China was still the factory of the world, which means to say, um, a lot of their things is very, very cheap because it's manufactured there. Yep. Yeah. And and you always have excess stock uh, that they built. Uh, so there's, they, you know, uh, they, they have additional items and then they can sell cheaply to get some money back. Yeah. So so uh, uh, if it is really cheap and I can afford to wait, then I'll put in order. La. Make sense? If I can't afford to wait, no matter how expensive, I'll still work, you know, or I'll go out to the store and 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 buy lah. Um, so that's that's my that's my preference. But I want to mention something. Uh, when we talk about the potential of how the two are merging, yeah. So uh, I can't remember which store is it. Uh, but recently, uh, one of my good retail guru friends um was on this uh, presentation. I, I also shared it on LinkedIn. I probably was yesterday or the day before. So he mentioned this example in Nike where that's a very good integration. You have an app on your phone. Yeah, everything is on app now, right? So imagine you go and buy shoes. Huh? Imagine you go and buy a pair of shoes. Uh, so Kevin, you have kids and you go and buy your whatever, Jordan shoes or whatever. Yeah, you go to the store. expensive. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> Luxury. You go they, into the they store. They get the cheapest Nike <laughs> shoes. <laughs> okay, maybe for yourself, for yourself. So you, you, bring your, you bring your kids to the store. You bring your kids to the store. You, you browse around and then you see this. Oh, this is the one I want. Oh, but it doesn't have your size. What happens? What usually happens? You ask, can I have this in size 9? US size yep. 9, for example. Then what happens? Let me check. The person takes your order, disappears into the back room. If the store is huge, yep. you don't know where he or she went. And they come back, what, 5, 10 minutes later, for example. Yeah? They tell you, oh, this is the size. Oh, no, we don't have a size. Yeah? But that 5, 10 minutes, what happens? Your kids could be running around. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure your kids are well-behaved, but you get my point, yeah? Uh, yep. That's 10 minutes wasted example yeah and you probably have drove half an hour to reach that nike store or yeah so in terms of time savings and customer experience so that's how it used to be okay it used to be now imagine if you have this app and then uh, you really browse through uh whatever model you want and you know your size you send this request there before you reach there or or you have the app and they can trace you from by the app and you say, I, I want this at size 9 or size 10. And then they say, okay, sure, you have this app. We will uh, reach for you on this app. We know exactly where you are in the mall. And then we'll contact you once um, we have the size for you. And you can continue to shop. Either you do it before or on-site. That's time savings for you. Yep. That's where the thing merge integrates, respects your time. And I think that equates to good customer service, which you probably can't do online. And yeah. then when we're talking about this, we I want to bring up also um, offline e-commerce, right? It's starting mm -hmm. to be real popular, like pop-ups, um, kiosk, mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. And also um, stores without inventory, right? You can yes. still try everything on, but after you try, they just ship it through your yes. app or, you know, through the computer at the yes. kiosk. You know, that's starting so, to be real popular as well. Let's explore why. Okay, let's explore mm -hmm. why. Um, because of this entire shift to e-commerce, um, we now I, know I'm that... starting to Go ahead, appreciate Audrey. Jeremy a lot more because he loves games and he loves to shop. It's, no, I don't. All, I don't. I don't. It's all. It's all. I don't love the. It's all. All equation for two. Yeah, yeah. No, no. broke. <laughs> let, let me. Since since you since you brought this up, let me share with you something quite funny. Uh, uh, there's a blend on the two for me. Yeah. Uh, so every time I have this, uh, this running thing, running joke thing with my son, you know, when I switch on my PS4, and then he asks me what game am I going to play, so I'll say. Oh, I'm going to play what game to buy today game. <laughs> Which essentially means I will launch the, I will launch the, uh, the, 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 the app within the game to, to shop for digital games and buy and download or browse. Yeah? So that's equivalent to window shopping. So, so that's where the two blends for me. Okay? okay, but back to my point. Yeah? Let's explore why, why, why that is popular. Okay? The pandemic has brought about the fact that uh, there are a lot of lockdowns. You don't know when the snap lockdown is going to happen. And then your store closes and don't close and open and close and open. So the value of uh, having a fixed rental or other fixed lease kind of a physical store uh, is becoming uh, debatable. Yeah, because you don't know when the store has to shut because of a, of a, of a lockdown. Even before, even before the pandemic, this is also a concern because rentals are so high. So if you are a, say, a startup brand, retail brand, uh, you want, uh, or maybe you could even be an online brand, you started online, you're gaining popularity. Uh, so for that kind of a, a, a brand, you actually might want to test whether it makes sense to have a physical store. So what do you do? You do a pop-up store. Okay, pop-up allows you to deliver that uh, experience and have that direct contact with customers. Uh, it allows you to see if your concept works or not. And more importantly, uh, it allows you to test the traffic or the response on in the community that you are maybe planning to, to, to start your first store. Right, you can check out the people, the crowd, the timings, those crowds are. Is it more of a family crowd or is all the yuppies, singles? You can do targeting that sense. Yeah. Uh, so pop-ups are re really going to be, uh, was a very viable and very popular option even pre-pandemic. But now even more so with the pandemic because it allows you uh, the mobility to, 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 to bring around your experience uh, to different communities to do that brand building, that uh, engagement and that experience without long-term commitments. And you do can do a lot of testing, yeah. I believe that was what Amazon did. Uh, they were doing pop-ups within um in in shopping malls and all that. Uh, I think I think two or three years back, they were doing a lot of these pop-ups to test concept or whatever. And then they went to bought uh, Whole Foods and all that stuff. So that 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 could be that they are really experimenting, lah. As we know, Amazon, right? They all experiment all this data and all. So that's one way to look at uh pop-ups, yeah. Uh, which yeah. So so I did I did I answer your question there, Kevin? No, you did. Sort of. You know, just yeah. talk about like the pop-ups and different things, and then there's also mm. a lot of um. So I want to just ask you guys this before you know we end mm. our episode on e-commerce too. So in sure. America is starting to is popular. It's always popular, like Facebook Marketplace. Um, mm. what I call resell stores, re-commerce. 
So is that popular in Asia as well? Like buying used furniture or, um, Resell, you know, right? yeah, reselling. I think that's the trend um, in terms of sustainability. Yeah. Resell, second market has always been there. Um, but I, I think it, in, but it seemed like it's starting to shift heavily into a more an e-commerce model mm, as well. So I think it will still depend on the, the type of product. Um, I think you are, you should be familiar also because of Hong Kong, right? Uh, in this part of the world, a lot of this, uh, resale, uh, has to do with, uh, luxury items. Yep. Your Prada bags, your Birkin bags, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, okay, maybe a bit generalization, but let's just take it for example. Yeah. So the resale market has been, always been there. Just now, it's just that you are shifting it online. But depending on the product, you still want to see it. Say if you're buying a resale Birkin bag, you would definitely want to check out the whether it's intact, anything falling <laughs> off, right? Is it real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it a scam or a triple A copycat? Yeah. Uh, so you you can't so you you can't really do that online because online is I would still like to say two dimensional uh, though you can do VR and all that have it three hundred sixty mm. yeah but those pictures can be touch up right so back right. to why you were at the physical store right you need to touch and feel it so so I think uh, that that is uh, one of the one of the things that uh, would depend it would depend but based on uh, also what what I recently shared yeah uh, on on LinkedIn um, one of the models uh a Singapore Singaporean couple are doing is that um, they do this uh, fashion as a su subscription kind of thing. I think the model is that you pay 95 bucks a year, or is it a month? I can't remember, US. And then you can um, pick pick clothes that you want to try, or you can have them shipped to you. So basically, you have a central depository of wardrobe and fashion. Because you pay this subscription, you can have endless options put on a different shirt every 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 day every week every month and then rotate rotate around and um for the business end they can get designs from designers they can put into their this central uh platform for people to choose so there's a supply and demand but that works wonders for sustainability because the model we're used to is that um you manufacture a lot and then people go and buy especially fast fashion brands like H&M yeah People go and buy, they keep a lot in the house. And then the fashion is no longer is no longer fashionable. You buy more. And then but what happens to the old clothes? Right? No, then what happens so to the, the old clothes? Landfill. They become landfill. So there's a there's whole there's this whole sustainability thing, right? Because to process the textile, you use a lot of water, cotton, land, whatever, all that, labor, whether they're exploited or not. So so this become <laughs> a, a different model, a different um uh uh what you call that uh fashion retail model so i i think that will be quite important um yeah because and that's a good point too another thing that's becoming popular with e-commerce i see a lot there's a trend of renting like hmm. you know yeah. they're renting clothes rent uh, i mean more luxury type things right a luxury Correct. watch renting furniture um i was actually talking to a brand that was interested in working with our agency and they were doing, um, uh, their, they, they did a study on, um, millennials and mm. more millennials are wealthy now, you know, making, you know, have wealth in the U S and they don't like to have furniture. 
because back in the days they would, you know, people pass down furniture, but millennials get tired of their couch, get tired of their, the way the house looks. So pretty much their concept was you can go online and they'll give you like a 3D, you upload your room and they'll give you a 3D and you, you can pick your furniture and it's almost mm -hmm. like subscription base, right? And you, you can change yeah, every, can change. I don't know, six months. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's good for, that's good for, so that's good on many ends, right? For sustainability and you, you don't get bored of it, right? You're always mm -hmm. in trend, in fashion and you get to show off, you know, yeah. it appeals to the influencers type. Yeah. Uh, and because we're talking about rental and because you asked me about pop-up stores, yeah? Uh, yeah. Also from my also from this uh, my UK friend uh, who I do this video podcast, there is this concept whereby, um, okay, so a lot of malls are closing, a lot of shops are closing, right? So what happens? You have a lot of empty spaces, correct? In right. in existing buildings, yeah. So there's this company. I think the name is called Sook S O O K in uh, in UK. I think this concept is brilliant. So maybe you should start something and uh, do it in US. So what happens is that this company comes in and takes the space, they spruce it up. They make it very modular or flexible for usage and they rent the space out. Which means to say, if you have this corner store in High Street uh, and it's empty, this company goes in, spruce up the place and puts it on the web for rental. So if you are, say, a yoga instructor and uh, you just need a space to train people and you look about your chance of this space, good traffic, uh, you book it for 7 a.m. to 8 because people do their yoga before they go to work, whatever, you can book by the hour. So imagine that, yeah? It's it's a pop-up, but it's a physical location. So you can do product launches, you can move in, rent it for a few hours, decorate the whole place with all your branding, and then get out, get your customers in, and then get out. You can do museums there. You can do uh, classes there. So it's it's really like a it's like really like a multi-purpose space for rental. And anyone anyone can book it, yeah. So this is the kind of concept where, you know, it's digital, it's exactly e-commerce, it's a good blend, it's a good use, um, maybe also relevant because of um, whatever's happened, today's market needs and all that, uh, no long-term lease commitments um, due to lockdowns and all that. There's a lot of flexibility. So these are kind of the things that are actually happening that sort of blends the two, e-commerce and um, physical. Yeah, and which I heard and I thought, yeah, I should share lah, since we are talking on rental and pop-up stores. So there's something that blends both. <laughs> no, this is good. So I think when we talk about e-commerce in the future, I think when it comes to business in general, you always have to look at the consumers, right? And, yes, exactly. Um, their behavior and everything. And with, exactly. And a big part, I think, in the e-commerce market, since you're in retail, Jeremy, is pie data, right? And with yes, that, data. it comes AI. So yes. how much in your profession today that you guys are looking into AI? <laughs> uh, my my just, job, yeah. specifically my job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like where my company is concerned. We're actually uh, going more into that. Uh, i just give an example. One of the, uh, a camera is a camera is a camera, right? In-store right. camera, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's how we think about cameras. They just record images, surveillance. Yeah, but uh, what if we put um, AI into it, into 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 cameras, in all cameras? The camera just gives you the visual, but it feeds through AI to do, uh, it feeds through another box of software and AI computing and all that, machine learning. What if the images fits into this 
AI, computer machine learning thing, and um, does other things for you on your existing camera networks. For example, detect if this person is wearing masks, uh, detects if there is social distancing observed when you are in queue, um, things like that, detects a slip and fall that someone may need help within your store. Detects that the shelf uh, of uh, detergents, <laughs> going back to detergents, the shelf of in-house house brand detergents, that particular corner is out of stock because it's dark, no more merchandise there and inform someone to stock up. So just a very small example, yeah? So that's one area, you know, um, AI and all that can 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 work for, for retailers. Uh, of course, for e-commerce, we already know that, yeah? They collate all their data and then they, like in Amazon, we are all used to. People who bought this also bought that. All this is data, AI, algorithms, um, well, I think too. I think the AI algorithms are getting smarter, and I think the yes. trend is they can also help you find the customers. Yes, yes, of course. So if you see, if you see before e-commerce and mm -hmm. in the past, you don't have this kind of data. Mm -hmm. The all this data is here. That same guy who comes into your shop every <laughs> Saturday that buys three packs of milk or whatever, right? The the data is here. If you are a small neighborhood store. Uh, and if you work there long enough, you know the regulars and what they buy, be it coffee or whatever, you know their orders before they say it. So it used to be that the data is there. Um, but now with all this app, uh, direct to customer apps, like the Nike example I, I, I shared, uh, whatever rental, uh, rental platforms, uh, what this person's preference for furniture is like, or this person jumps different style or the last style that he asked for was, um, I don't know, Victorian or Gothic style furniture, you have all this in the database. Those data mean something now. Mean something mm -hmm. now for you as a retailer to make recommendations or just as a historical record um, and to do predictive um, kind of a, a pattern or taste to predict what they might want next. You know, uh, what kind of customer comes in? Is it all males or all females? All this data very important now. Very important now. In fact, in my in my line of work. Um, uh, we always have this, uh, we have this traffic counting devices. Um, a lot of people, even like two or three years back, a lot of people, I was at exhibition um, and they were asking me, so does your traffic count for people coming into the store, does it give you demographic details? Can I tell if it's a guy or a girl or is a kid? Uh, can I tell if this guy is 40 years old or, or, or 20 years old? Yeah. Wow, so that's a challenge. A AI, AI allows you to do that. You know, the camera I talk about feeding through yeah. the, the, the computer, it can detect um, uh, roughly, uh, give and take, uh, uh, an age, gender, and uh, expression, the person's happy or not, with up to a certain amount of um, degree of accuracy. Of course, it cannot be 100%. Uh, it cannot be 100%. But the point is, at least you have this data to give you a sort of an indication if people come to your store happy or not. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine having this camera in like, you know, for the, the, the dentist, you know, everyone's like, the face is not happy when they come in to your store because they probably have a, a toothache or something. Yeah, they want to extract a tooth. So, um, so, so that can be done as well. That can be done as well. Yeah, uh, that's where AI would really come in to help uh, where we're talking about, you know, retail as a whole, e-commerce or not. So, so with that said, so if you're worried about getting fast, fascinated for the pandemic, um, that they're going to track you, they're already telling <laughs> you. <laughs> have, have always so the been. The best thing to do is throw this thing away. 
<laughs> and get in, get into the metaverse. At least they will track you as a, a, a avatar. <laughs> <laughs> throw throw your phone away tonight. So for all our audience, if they're worried about them tracking you, don't use the computer and throw your phone away. So that's yeah. our advice from bottoms up <laughs> perspective advice. Throw your phone away. Don't go work and shut off your computer. Here, here's the, here's the other advice. If you if you want to get out of uh, all this uh, e-commerce and shopping thing, right? Don't uh, shop only, online. <laughs> yeah, get get off the grid, go into the mountains and start your own farming. Yeah, because <laughs> or hunting. Or, or you, or you're screwed either way. <laughs> they have your data. You know? Yes. Don't don't yes, exactly. shop on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, you've been you've been pretty quiet. Anything you want to round up for us? I'm I'm, I'm learning from the both of you, right? There's one Kevin sits on one end, and then you're sitting on the other end, and I'm like. Okay, I, I, but I don't. I'm I'm also learning, right? Like Kevin, you said that I'm the retail guy, but you look at my hashtag is new retail guy. Only, only because I think I'm new every day because just too many things happening. That's true. Yeah, I, I'm I'm is. learning every day, especially in retail. You just it just doesn't stop there. It's, it's exciting. It's really but exciting. I, I have to say, as much I enjoy uh, this new online experience shopping, right? I still enjoy the physical store, you know, for oh, me, God. it's more the experience with the family. And yeah. I, I can say that's something I miss the most, right? Is that, you know, it's the experience, you know, going yep. to the restaurant with the kids, um, allowing them to play. Um, and there is something different about being able to touch and feel what you're buying, right? So, yep. and it gives you something to do on the, you know, on your day off, it gives you you don't just go shopping. It's the experience of going there as well and stopping at the restaurants or, you know, the trails or different things that's outside before you get to the retail place. Yeah, so, two, two, things I want to, two things I want to say before we end, right? So um, in terms of e-commerce, we haven't even scratched the surface because we have not even talked about things like live streaming and yeah. things like social commerce you know platforms like uh, in china it's just called pinduoduo whereby you gather as many people as possible it's somewhat like an online groupon but you know if you gather 10 friends to buy the same item you get a further discount of x percent that that's huge that's huge yeah so we have not touched this so so that's that's one thing the other thing i want to say is really just a own experience yeah uh, i've also shown this uh, on one of my retail videos in in the past who's great at doing experiences i think we have to agree it's disney yeah so yep. in in one of my experience in uh, one of these disney stores i went in i was just browsing around and then suddenly i chanced upon this little counter where they actually have a magician there to 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 come out uh you know ad hoc impromptu and do magic tricks to show people right hmm. that kind of experience i wasn't expecting but it was, it was very delightful and um, just imagine how are you going to do that on online how are you going to do that online you go into uh, this online page where all these magic tricks and then they say, oh, you want to see a magician perform? Please click this video, YouTube. <laughs> that is not streamlined. That's not delightful. Uh, <laughs> it's very self-driven. But but contrast that with my experience with in, in Disney. It was just very interesting because I go in the store just browsing and a magician was doing magic tricks there with the products he was pushing and selling. And then it was just life. You know, it's real magic, right? Real magic. And, and yeah, so... I know I just wanted to share the experience uh, just to point out that a lot of things in the physical store just cannot be replicated um, online, which is why both exist 
in short, I feel that physical stores are there for experience. And sadly, um, online stores are more for the transaction part, the data capture part. Um, so, so, so those were the two things. And uh, one, one, one last thing, uh, one more thing that we didn't talk about in terms of e-commerce is the use of voice assistance, voice assistance, mm, yep. right? Because very soon, you're not going to go online to shop uh, on Amazon because it's already there. You just go, Alexa, I want a XYZ. I want to buy uh, Walmart's in-house detergent. Isn't that what Kevin has been doing? Like, Alexa, close my, close my gate. Yes. Alexa, do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but you can do that. But you can do that to shop. Yeah, you can do that shop. now. Yep. Precisely. And, and the best part, I always tell people, the best part of that is what? They have your credit card details. So, so you don't even have to key in because Alexa has your credit card details it, on the on the web. Yes, if you go the first time, you still have to key in those details. Yeah, you have to do the first time as well for Alexa, or whatever voice assistance. But it becomes even more convenient. You don't even have to put up a computer. Yeah, right. You just talk, just talk, and and that's going to shift all the advertising dollars from from online to voice assistance. Right? Guess why. Uh, guess what? Microsoft, uh, uh, Samsung, Apple, all these are going to voice assistance because that's where the money is. Because if you can put your search as the number one on the voice assistance search, guess what? You're gonna make it. You'll be making all the money. Yeah. That's where the revenue is. People are gonna put in advertising on voice assistance that they'll give a recommendation to buy this brand instead of their brand. So if you and need help it. with your um, voice assistance search. So J29 Creative, we do that. So you can contact oh, right. me. <laughs> so here's my shameless plug. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not shameless because you proved the point. You Kevin, you proved the commercial value of what I'm trying to say. Yep. Right? It it is happening. It is, it is a viable. And, yeah. Um, so I think so, the days of just SEO online yeah. is, is gone. It's done. Paper know? click, paper click yeah. is dying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta gotta make that change. And it's it's invisible because it's is is voice. Yep. There's nothing to look at. Yeah. So, <laughs> true. So yeah. So before we end the night, maybe I just want to hear one thing from Jeremy. What's your what's your take or rather a very simple advice to people that are onto the bandwagon of group buys, like our friend Jacqueline? What what what's the <laughs> you know group buys are by yeah. group buy. By group buy, you are talking about um, you know, having one person uh, what we call buying or buy order uh, uh, yeah, accumulating orders from people all around, maybe your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and I've then seen making that. the purchase, and and I I never understood. Okay, it's a it's a price it's a price thing. It really is a price thing. Uh, it's a price I mean, thing. Yeah, I, I get the discounting. A... I get the I get the volume thing. But... And somehow. And somehow people probably don't like to admit when they buy together, it's kind of like a herd mentality thing. It justifies and their purchase. Oh, he or she also has it. So he has to be good. Some, something it, like that. Shouldn't it be the reverse? I like, don't know. Shit, she's I don't know. It too. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, but I can tell you. I shouldn't be. But, but I can tell you the trend, the trend is because people are not able to travel. Yeah. There are group buys that are done, uh, what we call in the past, taiko. That means you buy on behalf of, you know, in, in yeah. China, there are people who fly to Japan to get the latest things. They take all the orders in, in, in China and they, they fly to Japan just to buy and then they buy them and bring it and then distribute. It's the same. It's the same thing. Just now it's done online. So uh, like my wife, she goes into this uh, one or two uh, influencers. So they are based, Singaporeans who are living in Japan. So they go around with the camera into the mm. store. Could be a Burberry blue blue brand, the blue label, right? It's not available anywhere, it's only in Japan. They go to the store and say, Oh, this is on discount today. Is it going for XYZ? 
uh, who wants to order and then people start to put in the Facebook live. Yeah, I want one item, one, two item. They take the order and then, uh, you know, either they, they, they send the money straight away, e-payment, money received, and then they make the purchase and then go back home. They ship from Singapore, sorry, ship from Japan to Singapore to the buyers. So this another way this group buy thing has changed. It ties in with live sales and it's not within, yeah, it's, it's live sales and, you know, it's, it's occurring elsewhere. So my answer to that is it will continue to go on I only think primary because of the the, the, the pricing thing. Lah. And even more so now with the influence thing. Because in the past, your group buy is, oh, you put on the web, uh, we have this item, then you state all the specifications, and people put in the order, there's a spreadsheet, and then that's it, sell. Get the money in and then distribute. It's really faceless, no service included, no any form of uh, retail entertainment at all. But that's shifting to into aspects of travel, right? Because I can't be in, in Japan, Blueberry, uh, Burberry's Blue Label uh, uh, label uh, store uh, is this unique aspect to it. It's not available in this part of the country or this part of the world. And then uh, people can be looking at the store real time and pick up what they want at the discount price real time. So that's what, that's what group buy is evolving into. It's, it's real time. Right. I guess my, uh, my, my, yeah. my question, let me refine my question and I'll let's sure. make it real quick. I guess my question <laughs> is how, how do we make money out of this thing? Ah. I don't just want to help people buy stuff, right? I want to- No, no, no. Good, good question. Good question. Based, <laughs> good question. You know, so based on, based on, based on uh, this, the, the Japan thing, right? I also have the question, how does this person make money, right? I would do it, right? If it makes money. But I, I think they charge like a processing fee. But I think the, uh, we, we cannot only just think of making money. Lah, um, because I think there's a lot of work that is invisible to us. Because imagine you're taking the order and then uh, would you pay on credit on behalf of the customer first if the person hasn't sent the money to you? You need to make that, you know, choice. And then the commitment is just that on the tax, yeah? And the person change their mind later and say, oh, I don't want it anymore. I don't want to wire, I didn't wire the money back to, to you. I changed my mind. Then, then what happens? Yeah, uh, there is money to be made, but I don't think it's easy money. It's not as easy as we see. Yeah, because you have to do the logistics, uh, the payment, the shipping, and all that. Uh, taking the orders. What if you make a mistake? Have you paid the money out first? You know, this there's this risk to doing business as with everything lah. I think there's money to be made because uh, it depends on how you want to do it lah. Uh, mark up the margin or you have a handling fee. Uh, but whether that that scales with uh do you make more when the big group is bigger or not i think it depends because the effort mm. remains to be there it's still very still very labor intensive put it this way yeah very labor you cannot automate it you can't automate a robot to go to the shop and say pick an order uh, this bag is on discount today which one you want you know and there's also the aspect of the person going to the store and talking to the store people say can you allow me to do that to do this live stream yeah you know there, there, there are a lot of um these things that cannot be automated put it this way yeah, I, I hope I answered your question. Uh, uh, indirectly, I think. <laughs> but, but I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out if Jacqueline is profitable. But you... Then you ask her. I guess la. you, 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 you paint a picture. You have probably Operational, yeah. I, I, you need to think of the operation part. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, it might look glamorous, but there's a lot of operations. In fact, the, the, the case I talk about, the, 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 the Japan person who buys on behalf of, I think her sister is also... Uh, According to my wife, the sister is doing all the orders over here, you know, taking the orders, doing the transaction, and all this is two two locations, and doing the distribution. Yeah, so these are work we don't see. 
So I don't know whether there's money to be made. Yeah. So the key is, um, so with this episode is automation, technology, disruptive technology. So um, yeah. if you want to make money, um, you have to get in the bandwagon of understanding how tech can make things more efficient. Efficiency equals profitability. And uh, yeah. And the trend. So, and the trend. And the trend. Is the whether it's the consumer driving the trend or you're putting the trend there because you know consumers will hop on board. Exactly. That is something you need to determine as well. Before and you then just the big thing is if you're thinking about doing e-commerce, um, it's also highly competitive now. You yeah. know? So if you got into e-commerce, you know, seven years ago, yeah, yeah, it's lucrative. If you're getting into e-commerce today, it's just like opening a retail store back in the days. It's no different. It's just as competitive. So uh, I always, you know, when I hear people, oh, I'm going to open up this e-commerce store or to build this website and I'm going to do this and this and make a bunch of money. Um, I don't want to break the news. I work with a lot of brands and I build a lot of e-commerce stores. And I can say there's only a handful that I see that's going to be even profitable because mm. it's highly competitive. It's not yeah. like you can wave a magic wand. Yep. It's good marketing good content writing, automation, how you get to distribute your products. Um, it's the, the, do you have a good story behind the brand? You know, yeah. there's just so much components to do an e-commerce today. It's no different than opening a retail store and get ready. You got to spend money to make money. So it's not like, oh, it's a lot cheaper to start e-commerce. <laughs> you know, I, I think mm. that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. Uh, point for us to exit this conversation, just to give a yep. little, um, mm -hmm. just to give a little context and something, uh, for our viewers to think about. So, Kevin, when, uh, what's the the capex or the the uh, capital expenditure that's required, um, to build up a website that is geared towards e-commerce, whether it's selling products. Uh, selling services. What, what was that? What's the yeah, so initial uh, capital outlay? Good yeah, outlay? nowadays, you know, if you think about it, I'm not big on reinventing the wheel, you know? So I don't think today, if you want to get into the e-commerce game to do a customized website, there's Shopify, there's WooCommerce, there's all this stuff. The cart is already built, right? And mm. then you just pick the merchant account. So the mm. merchant account, they're always about 2.4% all the way up to like 4%, four it just depends, right? Where either you're paying them transaction percentage or, you know, uh, you pay a lower percentage than you pay subscription fee, right? And then, you know, of course, if you open the box, <laughs> Shopify, people think, they tell you it's very easy to build, right? It's, uh, you open the box, it's ready. The truth is it's not, if you're not it's tech not. savvy, it's a work, you know, you, you can hire someone like us and we spend maybe 10 hours or you can try to do it yourself and it takes one month, <laughs> you know, um, there's a learning curve. So really uh, for a decent website, e-commerce, you're looking at even utilizing a WooCommerce or Shopify, you're probably going to drop at least 5K, right? 5K. Yep, USD, that, is, right? Is that a raw cost or does it include like ongoing yeah, this is just a raw cost bones, to bones. set it up. Yeah. And then a lot of um, different 
you know, Shopify development shops or different places, they might charge you per product too. Are you, are you going to load the product or am I going to load the product? You know, because there's no such thing as free lunch, right? Uh, all of us know that, right? So you need yeah. someone to upload the image, uh, the product. And then after uploading the product, what about the images? Those don't magically just happen, right? And the big part of e-commerce that people forget is the photography. So just like Jeremy C. just said, if you can't touch, you can't feel these items, you won't see it. <laughs> you know. So if you look at Amazon, if you look at a line of products, it can be the same computer, but the person that has the better photography usually has more people buying it. So or the then, 3D modeling. Yeah. Or the 3D so modeling, do you yeah. want to invest in a light box and do it yourself? <laughs> you know, and there's a learning curve. Now you have to buy a DSLR or a good camera for product. Do you know how to edit? You know, or do you hire an agency and they take the picture for you? So then you're looking at another maybe depending on how many products, you know, if you have a thousand products, your photography cost is going to be a lot higher. If you have less products, then it's easier. Then you hire someone to take the photos. So you're talking about another potential 5K and just on and top of yeah. the 5K. Yeah. And yeah. one last thing. And one last thing. Yeah. If with a physical store, you are there in that corner. People will pass by and see, oh, there's a store here. Let me check it out. And then there's yeah. word of mouth. You need to put a pay-per-click advertising search, SEO, SEM for yeah. an online store. And then, yep. And then after you have your store belt, how are you going to get people there? People forget people build websites every day and they think it's just magically going to just be the customers going to come and people are just <laughs> going to come. Do you know if you're even a digital marketing agency, if you don't do any SEO, I'm in a flood of a hundred million agencies in this whole world. You know, no one's going to find me. So like, how's your target audience going to find you? Or so now you have to look at social media, you know, SEO, SME, all that stuff. So are you going to do it? Do you have time to do it? Or are you going to hire someone? If you hire someone, that's another maybe 5K a month, you know? So it all adds up. So that's why I was saying opening a retail store and e-commerce today, maybe it's not that much of a difference, you know? Uh, you, instead of paying rent for a high traffic location, now you're paying to drive paying traffic. Google. To your location <laughs> you're paying google google is the is the biggest landlord for yep. e stores. <laughs> so i think the the final this final 10 minutes of our conversation on the topic of e-commerce is actually it's worth uh deserving further exploration which we will we will put it we'll put it in what we didn't manage to discuss into our weekly newsletter which is uh insights insight because i think that people underestimate the effort that's required yeah. for e-commerce success like way, way under. Yeah. like like seriously like like people if 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 you can't if, if all you have is a blueprint but you can't think through operationally uh what to do what to do next what's your fallback plan what's your cost and things like that i think i think it's worthy to 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 just go through the the information that we're gonna put across that is actionable to you in our newsletter and then take a step back, think about it. Like, really, is this something that you are willing to do? Invest, and that's yeah. what, and that's what we do for bottom up perspective, right? Because we want to take what we know and share with others who have aspirations. So don't 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 be crushed by life 
but just know what you're what you are after up and yep. against. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's how I think about it. Because you also have to look at even drop shipping and all that stuff. And if you think about Amazon alone, right? I hear a lot of people now, oh, I'm gonna create my own product. Oh, I don't have to spend money on a website, I just post it on Amazon. Amazon alone, if you don't know what you're doing, there's ways to create help your products move up within Amazon itself. So you also need to know keywords. It's just its own SEO engine within Amazon. You have to know how to tag your products. Um, there's ways to do photography. Um, there's Amazon partners that uh, you know that mm. get better results. So there's things. Amazon alone is its own business, you know. So I mean, it's complicated. It's not as easy as you think. That, that that's why there's Amazon consultants. And <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't stop there with the sale. What about returns? Yep. How you do credits backwards the other way? So yep. <laughs> a lot to talk about. So a lot. Yep. A lot. Shall we? Hey, shall thank we you, end everyone. The, for, end the evening, Kevin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for tonight. Later. Okay. Bye, guys. Later.